Hello and welcome to Moving Seniors Safety Week. I'm Colette Robichaux and today I'm chatting with Tisha White. Tisha works with Northwood & Touch, a non-profit provider of medical alarms and other helpful home devices. She helps seniors navigate services to prolong independence and age with dignity, helping them to feel secure in the homes they love. Her role requires her to keep up to date on trends and technologies. So welcome Tisha, really excited to talk to you today about new advancements in home tech that will keep us safe and uh, keep us from worrying about our loved ones as well. So I'd like to start off by just having you tell us a little bit about some things that are available to us that have been in the past and then we'll talk a little bit more about some of the newer items as well. Sure. So the uh, thing that's been around the longest has been just a basic medical alarm. Um, that's the button that people can wear around their wrists or maybe around their neck that if they have a problem, like the help I've fallen and I can't get up, that uh, catchphrase that people seem to know. That's, uh, that device has been around now for, gosh, I'd say 40 plus years. And uh, it's been helpful to so many seniors. It, it falls are the primary reason why someone would use that type of service. Um, but, you know, really for any type of emergency, those types of devices can be really helpful, whether it's um, a breathing problem, a heart problem. It could be that um, I've seen those devices used even in the case of a home invasion or uh, mm. a fire. So it's just a really great safety net, whether people are living alone, um, where they may not be able to get to the phone to call for help if something should happen. Um, or we also, yeah, we sometimes see couples as well. So as the couples age, they may each have their own health conditions. Um, and so for both of them, it's a really nice safety net to have, to have that button that can call for help. Yeah, um, because the response is so immediate. And I think that is the one that most people think of more often. I know I've been aware of it for many years as well. And, and you know, there are so many advances, but you know, that's key. I think, you know, people living alone, two people living in a, in, in the same house, in a larger house, you know, even just out in the yard. I know myself that you, you think about it. If, if you live alone and going to a basement, out working in the garden, all of these things that things can happen easily. Why not have that protection and that sort of safety and give you peace of mind? Because even just worrying about that, if you have a, you know, sort of a medical disorder of any sort or your balance issue, even the thought of worrying when could that happen is causing a lot of stress on our system and degrading our, our, our mental and physical health more as well. Absolutely. And so having that type of device can not only make the senior feel more secure, um, but it can also really help give that peace of mind to families who mm -hmm. either are close by and who worry, um, or maybe who are remote as well. So it's just going to give them that peace of mind and also keep them in the loop that if anything should happen where your parent does get taken to the hospital, then they're informed that something's happened, right? So it does keep them in the loop in that way. And can you just uh, go over a little bit about what that setup would look like in a home? What is required? You know, we, when we say the word tech, sometimes that can be a little bit scary. And I know, you know, different uh, products work in, in different ways, but what does that look like in a home and what sort of uh, space it takes up? Does it have to be in a certain area? You know, does the person have to have uh, remember things that they have to do? 
Yeah, so you raise a lot of really good points. And I think things that families really need to consider when they're choosing ultimately the best device for a parent when they're working together with the, with the parent to try to come up with what the best solution would be. Um, there is a base unit that would get set up. Uh, traditionally, they've always been set up to a telephone line um, called a, a POTS unit. So the plain old telephone line. Um, we're seeing a lot of changes in that, of course, over the last number of years where even, uh, even seniors are letting go of their landline, right? Exactly. Yeah. And those numbers have increased sort of exponentially over the last few years where a lot of them now just have cell phones. Um, so that's really changed the industry to make sure that we have offerings of those base units that are cell compatible. Um, so the base unit looks the same regardless of whether it's a cellular unit or, or one that plugs into the phone line. Um, and the cell unit would work on its own SIM card. So it doesn't connect. The senior doesn't necessarily have to have their own cell phone. Um, they just pay a flat monthly fee for the service and they would have, uh, have access to as many help calls as they needed to make. Um, in addition to that base unit, which we would try to place Generally, we suggest in the area either where the person is most at risk or the more central location within the home where they spend maybe the majority of their time. And then, of course, they'd have a button that they can wear. So there's a couple of different types of buttons as the technology has advanced. There's the basic button, which needs to be pressed. So that one can be worn around someone's wrist or around their neck. Um, if they'd like, there's now an automatic fall alert device. Um, we see most, uh, most offerings have that. And people really like the idea of that because if someone has a fall and they're not able to uh, press the button, then this device will detect it and send the call through automatically. And um, I really think that's one example of technology, knowing these things that a lot of people aren't aware, like how amazing is this? And not only are these advancements, but more are coming all the time as we are adjusting to uh, how they interrelate with other technologies. But yeah, how, how great is that? So, so if someone falls, there is that level of security as well. That's right. So um, the other, speaking of just different advancements in technology, what we're starting to see now are those devices that um, no longer restrict people to their home for use. So the ones that we've just talked about, people, it's for their home environment um, so that, you know, when they're really behind closed doors alone and if something should happen. Um, but what I'm seeing is a lot more active seniors who are saying, well, can I use this out and about, right? And that's what we're starting to see now is that we're starting to see devices that people can take with them. Um, they can either, again, wear them around their neck or wear them uh, clipped onto their belt, and they can go outside of the home. So these devices have the SIM card as well, so it connects them to that cellular network, um, and they can basically press the button or have that fall detection turned on where they can go anywhere within across the country, really, um, okay. on that Canadian-wide network and mm -hmm. have access to help. That is so it's, uh, that's, that's, that's really exciting. You know, it's not necessarily the solution for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that's where it really comes to doing some research and understanding the pros and cons of each device. Mm -hmm. um, one of the great things with the mobile button, of course, is being able to use it away from home. But like a traditional cell phone, it has to be charged every day. All right. Um, yeah. So for some older folks who might not be used to that, 
or who, um, you know, don't really want to be fussing and bothering with that, mm -hmm. then maybe just the basic device that's more sure. simple, that doesn't have to have any kind of, it's more passive and that mm -hmm. the user really doesn't have to do anything with it. They exactly. just need to press it and, well, yeah. they need to make sure they have it on. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's always a start. And Tisha, we talked about this before that, you know, sometimes uh, the adult children or loved one meaning well wants to get the top of the line or the latest, you know, with all the bells and whistles, but we really need to look at each person as an individual, you know, their level of technology of recharging might be too much daily. And we have other people that are way more tech than me. So it is an individual decision, not the decision maybe sometimes of those people that are encouraging to think I want the best in the whatever, and I'm going to convince mom or dad of that. It really has to be uh, you know, really an assessment of the whole situation. And, and just to segue from that, when we have people that are somewhat reluctant in those conversations, you know, what is it that makes someone feel comfortable? And how do we go about talking to our, our loved ones about uh, just the, the idea of this and how it could be beneficial? What are some 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 do's and don'ts that you could recommend in in all your many years of, of being in these situations? Yeah, I think definitely involving the person has to be number one, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think families, they don't do it with, uh, you know, in, intentionally to leave the person out. They might think that they're doing a favor and trying to make that decision for them. And they might know that mom or dad would never want to spend money on something like that. And so if if the adult child can do the research and even pay for it sometimes, right? They feel like if that's taken care of, then mom or dad will just use it. And what I can say is that is not always the case. Um, you know, just because mom and dad have it given to them, wearing it is the biggest thing, right? So they may choose to not wear it. It's gonna sit on the bureau yes. or whatever. The family think that they've got peace of mind because they've given this to mom or dad. But if they're not wearing it, it's not going to do anything, right? We really, yeah, we really have to elevate that, you know, deal with people with dignity on making these decisions. And we all know just because someone gives us a gift and we may be grateful, that doesn't mean we're going to wear it or use it or do any in any regard as a gift. So sometimes then the adult children or loved ones or caregiver or whatever feels like, well, I've given it to them. I'm paying for it you know, and then there is some resentment or some issues that come up with that. But I truly believe more work has to be done on the other end, talking about things sooner. And then these decisions are, are much easier to be made. A lot of times we wait till we're in a trauma or drama situation. And we're having discussions when we're short tempered, the other person is already upset and flustered and, you know, and confused. So you know, always earlier planning, earlier conversations, critical conversations at times when we don't need it are way better than having to deal with this in a time when it's just, it just isn't going to work in the same way. Oh, absolutely. And we see that a lot. You know, we get a lot of calls where, you know, people wanted the service in last week because a crisis has happened. So you're exactly right. And it's so much better. You know, we, we do tend to get calls from folks who are being proactive, even about their own health. So the yes. seniors themselves are calling up and saying, you know, I know someone that something happened to in my building and I don't want to go through that. So they're taking those steps before something happens to them mm -hmm. uh, to, to get something set up and in place. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think people like you and I, we, 
we see this often. We 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 are those people putting things in place as we go along. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. So we've seen so many of those situations, and uh, we know how preventable they could be. So it's like a lot of things. Planning really does eliminate a lot of those situations later on. But you know, they they sometimes are difficult conversations because they in, involve a, you know a lot a lot of a lot of things that that we don't want to talk about. Yes, exactly. But I think involving, like, as we get back to how do we um, bring up the subject and mm -hmm. how do we, you know, really try to get some buy-in, when you're involving them to see, like, what is it that they would like? Um, some other tips that we've found are that, you know, sometimes there may be someone in the family who mom or dad take advice from a little bit easier. <laughs> Sometimes that tends to be male adult children for some reason. Um, even though the even though yeah. the daughters tend to do a lot of that um, research and, and finding the services, um, yeah. sometimes it's the son who's, you know, convincing the parent that I have seen that. And until right? you mentioned it right now, I didn't kind of isolate that as an idea, but that is that is very good. So again, planning, looking at your resources with the family who, you know, who is best. And sometimes that caregiver is worn out, is frustrated because they have delivered it. And sometimes there's someone else that just kind of takes that decision to another level. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's each individual family, but um, we've seen that sometimes that's the case. Having a health professional um, give the recommendation. And, you know, sometimes it takes three or four or more times for someone to kind of have the information, be told to think about it, to digest it. And then finally, when they're ready, come to those terms to say, yes, okay, now it's time that I think I need it. Um, so your point of raising it early to start planting those seeds so that uh, when the time is right, they're ready. What you said about the uh, health professional, medical professional, um, sometimes when I'm at the doctor discussing something, she might write down the name of something just on on her script and uh, you know, it's, it's not a prescription, but it might be, oh, you can buy that brace over the counter or whatever. But I'm wondering too, I mean, that's not a bad idea for medical practitioners even to say, you know, look into this. And I, I know you have relationships with uh, lots of people in educating people about what's going on as well, but you know, do the medical professionals, I know they're all so busy, but do they have a chance to make that sort of suggestion to people as they go, you know, as they are, you know, having their checkup with 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 some of our, our seniors or with ourselves, are they are they doing those recommendations? Yeah, I, and that's a difficult one to say. I mean, we certainly try to get the word out there. Now, our doctors have such little time with folks, right? Exactly. But yeah. I think in those clinics where they have maybe a nurse practitioner or someone right. seeing an occupational therapist or there's a social worker involved, some of those allied healthcare professionals are more likely to have the time to really talk about all of those different resources. So that may be, um, you know, I know not everybody has access to that, uh, but I then think we're- I think that's growing, you know, yes. we're having a lot of those allied professionals and that speaks again to, you know, having other people come in like a, you know, have a physio assessment on, you know, balance and all those other things that 
that can come into place that might help along with that decision. You know, someone else that's sort of that navigator to say, oh, I think it's a good idea to have this assessment. And, you know, maybe then you can talk about balance and things like that. And a lot of times that outside member outside of the family to be having some of that uh, advice input, you know, and kind of drip, drip, drip in the conversation can be of uh, a high assistance. That's right. Majority of people, when they come on to our service, it's word of mouth is how they hear about yeah. us. So it's that, you know, chatter in the community, again, hearing that someone's had an incident and they've heard how the service worked for them or mm -hmm. someone didn't have anything. And we've heard, you know, the horrible stories of someone being on the floor for an extended period yes. of time, um, which really could have been prevented. So yeah. Yeah. And what I know from my experience, I have had seniors tell me that they have been on the floor and that they haven't told their family members. Yeah. Which is scary too, because that's, that's the other thing that I noticed. I've been, you know, 20 years of talking to seniors and being in their homes and building relationships. And, uh, you know, they do not want their loved ones to be worried about them. And they'll go through a lot to maybe not tell them what's going on sometimes. It, and, and that's, that's a little scary as well. And I think sometimes that may be a challenge in the buy-in into our service. Mm -hmm. I think that people see it as a, uh, a sign that they're losing their independence, unfortunately, because it's the exact opposite with a system in place that allows them to get help at the touch of a button, then they're really actually being able to prolong their independence and, and stay that, in their home longer, mm -hmm. uh, but they see it as the opposite, unfortunately. And that's and I, another thing for loved ones and caretakers to be reframing that and talking about it in that way and really looking at our conversations that, that we have for sure around that sort of thing, because- that's Yeah, I, I've had seniors say, you know, my God, my family call me like three times a day and I just, mm -hmm you know, um, I'm glad now that I have this, that they don't have to call me that many times. Right. So it's, it's, uh, that maybe that isn't the case for all seniors, but, um, it's certainly for some. For yeah, sure, for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that is the, you know, sort of the meat and potatoes of the service that many people knew of and the advancement in location is really fabulous. We've got some more time for you just to briefly go through some of the other other things. I, I, I know there's equipment for stove maybe, and there's things with getting out of the bed. And just to go over uh, briefly a little bit about some of those other things that are available that I think people don't, don't generally know about as well. Sure. So the stove one is interesting because I've gone out and we've been promoting uh, a device now for a number of years. And uh, the it's not any specific age group that uh, has a particular interest, it's across the board because I think everyone can relate to a time when they've forgotten something on the stove, right? That can so easily happen, especially when we're trying to multitask and do a bunch of things at the same time. Um, so we do have a device that will shut the stove off automatically uh, if someone were to forget. So that's really great if someone is having, starting to have some memory issues or just as a safeguard, right, for those people who are juggling a few things at the same time. Mm. Um, and so for families to know that mom and dad have this extra protection that mm -hmm. they can still cook, but if something happens, then the stove is going to shut off on its own um, is again, just the peace of mind that that affords is really, really priceless. I, I, yeah, I think that's really fabulous. I've been telling my clients for years too, that I started 
by just saying when the stove is on, the light over it will be on whether I need it or not. And the stove is not off till I turn that off. So it's always a reminder. It gives me just that added step that I, I've been doing that for 10 years in my head to add it in as, as something to create those kind of brain pathways to be thinking. That's an excellent so yeah. that's the one I've been passing on for the last 10 years. And I say, I've been doing it. And my clients are like, you're too young to do that. I say, no, I'm not. I plan ahead. When I renovated the bathroom, I have a grab bar. You know, I carry a, my cell phone when I go to my basement or, you know. So these are things that I, I think we, we, we forget that we can plan ahead to do things and that planning can be a soft landing in where we want to go. So it's not, as I said before, waiting for the trauma and the drama to be trying to deal with this. Yeah, absolutely. I love that tip. I'm going to, I'm going to be using that one. <laughs> Very good. And that's what, that's what these interviews are about to learn tips from each other, to learn what's available. There are so many resources out there and just, I mean, as you would know, growing all the time, but the, you know, where are the places to go, whether it's resources and technology or resources and how to have these conversations with our loved ones to keep us safe for the long term. That's right. And again, it, it, you talked about dignity earlier on, you know, mm. it really is that allowing them to still maintain that routine and lifestyle that they've had. And it's just mm. adding those safety elements on top of it, right? Mm. Whether it's with a stove sensor, maybe it's a pill dispenser. So we do have automated pill dispensers mm -hmm. um, where someone's medications can be loaded in. And then at the time of the medication they need to take, then it's going to alarm. So it's like that automated DOS set. That's just that extra cue yeah, that ensures fabulous. that someone is taking that right dose at the right time um, mm -hmm. and helping to avoid any missed doses, but even potentially double dosing, right? Yeah, so, and yeah. I remember talking to one of my clients and this was uh, many, many years ago and she had all the capsules in the thing. She had two grocery bags of them and she was trying to piece together that she didn't take this one here and this one there. And she had that many with pills left in all of them that she wasn't taking them properly. And then she was trying to go from memory to try to piece them together and requesting that I would deal with that and try to make that work when that was off of the table. And we had to come up with some new ways of doing it for sure. Well, and now with the pharmacies um, all offering that pill packaging, Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So really encouraging people to take advantage of those types of services, mm -hmm. even if there is a fee, which I think a lot of them have waived now, mm -hmm. um, or insurance will cover, but it's well worth it, well you know, to have it. that peace of mind, it's labeled, um, the folks that we're working with, with our medication device, those pill packs have stopped working. So families or caregivers yeah. um, are coming in and they're noticing that maybe they're selectively being taken, you know, yeah. rather That's than I would going up and down or going across, like they're just not being taken in any kind of logical mm -hmm. order. Uh, so that's where a device like ours can help to, um, to assist with that. Yes. And I think you, you hit on something when we talk about that individual scenario is like, what is the problem we need to solve? So, and, and it might not have been a problem yesterday that they didn't trip over the rug or they didn't wander and you know go out the door but that can change in an instant but when we're analyzing what is it and then the once we know where the issues of that individual are some things are not an issue then we go and we look at the at the resources to go with that that's right and and 
with different providers, what I will say is that some you're more tied into the options that you choose, and then other providers are going to be much more flexible um, as far as not requiring a contract and allowing you to change, downgrade, upgrade the equipment that you have. So I think that that's something when we talk about looking at options, that's an important option to look at depending on, you know, the parent's health. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned earlier, do you go with all the bells and whistles and all the tech and, um, you know, like things like an Apple watch, right? Those types of devices are really coming more mainstream. Uh, so families might think, oh, well, it has the fall detection now and the latest device and it has heart rate and all these different things that it can monitor, um, which sounds really great. And I think that there is definitely a, a, a group of the population who that's really going to benefit. But like, think about your parent. Do, will your parent really use those things? Can, will they be able to see it? Will they remember to charge it? Um, do they have the most up-to-date version of an iPhone that they can use with it? So it's not just the watch itself. Mm -hmm. It requires a lot of other things to go along with it. And Absolutely. so sometimes what might be the best thing is just the most simple, basic technology that's been tried and tested and has been around forever. It doesn't seem that exciting because it's not the newest and greatest yeah. um, with all the flashy things, but it really, I mean, it's tried and true. Yeah, and people don't need to make those decisions for, for their, their loved one based on their preferences and excitement, and maybe they are an early adopter to tech. And once you're starting to sell on that idea too much, you know, it, it can be too much. So as, you know, as we said before, simple is best. So looking at each individual scenario. So I'll, I'll get you Tisha to speak a little bit about the, uh, the device that happens for wanderers. I think that's what we call it sometimes with people in the bed and the devices that if people are gone too long, is that, am I correct? Yeah. Yep. So uh, it can be used for a number of different mm -hmm. uh, scenarios. And uh, it's certainly as we get into those types of sensors, it really is much more a device for the caregiver um, because those devices are used with a caregiver in the home. Mm -hmm. And so something like a bed alarm, there's a, a pad or a sensor that yeah. gets placed underneath the mattress. Uh, it can tell when there's weight on the sensor. So that way, when the weight lifts off the sensor, meaning someone's gotten out of bed, we can program it so that it either alerts right away uh, to alert that caregiver in the home that the person is out of bed. That might be because of a potential wandering issue. It could be because the person is a high risk of falls. Mm -hmm. So there could be a number of reasons. They might just need help to get to the bathroom, right? Exactly. Um, and so it does alert the caregiver. The other way, if somebody is more independent, but maybe still at a higher risk, is that the sensor can actually um, have a delay timed. So say it takes the person maybe 10 minutes to get to the bathroom and back. So the device will start the countdown when they get off of the bed. And then if they haven't returned to the bed within that allotted time that's been programmed, then it will send the alarm mm -hmm. to someone that something's not right. Um, again, it might not mean that there's a fall or something, right. right? But it does start that process of someone being alerted that something's not quite right. For sure. Mm -hmm. And because I do so much downsizing and relocating, that idea of sort of the bedroom, uh, the new bedroom, a lot of times family members 
think, oh, oh, it's a good time to get a new mattress because their old mattress was old and sunk in and all this. So they get a new mattress that's two feet high and the senior gets out of bed and falls because they're not used to it or they're not getting out on the same side of the bed and looking ahead to what they would see. So, you know, from my perspective, there's lots of things physically they can think about if you're changing the environment. I always recommend to leave all the lights on in the house, try to set up the bed that they would walk if it's, a, you know, an ensuite or if they're on the same side of the bed that they would directionally, maybe the light in the hallway be going in the same way. So we forget a lot of that nuance, nuance things that can, you know, can just add an extra cognitive load on someone. But, you know, all of us, when we're sleeping and we have to get up, we know if we're staying in a hotel or somewhere, we can easily forget. But, you know, uh, when someone relocates or downsides, they've already gone through all this. We bring them in, we shut the moving truck doors and we think, oh, everything's good to go. But there's all these new things that are just adding to some of the issues we already already had. So even if before, maybe we didn't consider some of these devices, maybe even in the new location to think about working those in with the new routines and making it a part of that might be while they're adjusting, that might be a way to go as well. And that might be a way to frame it, right? Like, again, if you're looking at a provider that doesn't have a set contract, um, then, you know, just for that adjustment period while they are settling in, I think is a really great recommendation. They may decide once they have it. Oftentimes people will see that how it makes them feel when they have it, that sense of security, mm. then they're reluctant to give it up. Um, but it is a great opportunity, a time for them to give it a try. Mm -hmm, for yeah, sure. and that, I think that is a key point to look at the contracts, because I think that's another another aspect of having the conversation that, you know, to maybe try it for several months or whatever, you know, to move that along. That's so right. And, and the other thing that I will just caution, it, it has happened from time to time. We see it pop up in, in the industry is where every now and then there'll be uh, a company who will go door to door um, and who may not be on the up and up. So really having the conversation with parents around, uh, you know, not signing anything on the spot uh, that if there is someone who comes to their house, then, you know, great, take the information, talk it over with family. But, and I know that some of those door-to-door uh, -door sales folks can be really high pressure uh, oh. from the stories that I've heard. And They're highly trained to do that. And they, they have an answer for everything. And every that, objection, yeah. yeah. And this is what's coming up, uh, you know, looking into the frauds and scams that it, it's, not, it's not just seniors, it's all of us. We know how we can be dragged down something online or here or there, but that, that's one thing to think about um, what I would... Uh, kind of almost role play with some of my clients when someone is trying to pressure them that we would practice saying the phrase, I make no purchases without discuss discussing it with my, my son. And that's whether it's on the phone or whatever. And I say, as much as they try to take you somewhere else, that's the phrase. And I would, you know, some people, you say that once and they know it. For other ones of my clients living independently, we would practice that. And I say, do not engage in any other conversation. Just, you know, just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. And mine is, um, I don't make any decisions on the spot. I like to give it 24 yeah. hours before I Absolutely. make a major decision. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is so important. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, seeing that a business is reputable, either that they've been around for a long time, 
um, because we have seen these sort of fly-by-night companies that pop up and then we hear folks coming to, uh, to our service because they can't get through to any number that they've mm-hmm. been given. Um, so it's really buyer beware, uh, just do some homework, check around, are they registered with the Better Business Bureau, you know, what's their history, so it's worthwhile when, uh, when choosing a provider that you really do that homework. Yeah, for sure, and our, the frauds and scams have just been going up and up and up, and, you know, there's just no recourse with, with most of these, they're just not things that can be tracked, and, uh, it's just a real shame, but we're, you know, there are a lot of issues that pop up with that. Yeah. So Tisha, just in some closing words, are there any other sort of things that you would say that's up and coming or other things that are popular? I think we covered a lot of the main ones, but are there any other ones that you would like to just mention quickly before we uh, we'll close down for today? Yeah, I think a lot of the smart home things are starting yeah. to, you know, there's a lot of things out there. I think that Uh, For folks who are savvy, like those early adopters, and it might be, you know, the adult children who are really into the technology and, and if you've grown up with it, I mean, it can be quite easy to adapt to it. Uh, Sometimes they're really keen to set folks up with all the bells and whistles. So like the Google Home and the all of the smart thermostats and lights and everything, right? And then that also allows the family to be able to, um, you know, help mom or dad with those types of things and and for lack of a better word monitor from afar Um, so those things are available right now they're sort of all spread out so they're on the shelf people can buy them um, differing price points right so obviously those people who have the money will be able to afford and those who can't will go without unfortunately Mm -hmm. right now Um, but there is work being done where um to look at bringing some of those things together um, and having that support to be able to support someone in the community through different packages and different things. So that's I think that's a direction we need to get sort of like command central. I mean, I love having the, you know, the doorbell that I can see here or, or anywhere else because, and even if you think about it, a lot of people have falls in the past because they're trying to get to a phone quickly or trying yes. to get to the door. But a lot of times, you know, we have our hub, we have our favorite chair, we have whatever. So the more that advances, and I think a lot of those things, again, if you wait too long to try and say, oh, mom, this works well, or, or dad, it, it's just too overwhelming. So if you're even thinking about it and you, you have it in your home, you know, it, it, I always say it's a drip, 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 even just to show them a little bit of how it works in in your home and how you're enjoying it you don't have to be doing a hard sell immediately just a gradual chat with that we you know we all love our independence and at certain points in our life things started getting start getting removed oh you know maybe we're not allowed to drive anymore and that's removed and you know uh maybe someone's helping us with their finances and maybe you know we love to take care of our garden and we're getting so so the more and more removed we have to be hypersensitive that we are you know that, are, that it's not another thing that you can't do this or you can't do that, that, that what we're talking about today, that these are things that are going to help make their life easier and, and, and present it in a, in a way that is easy for them to understand as well. That's right. And starting with one thing at a time, right? Absolutely. Rather than, you know, setting up that full this and that, the doorbell and all these things, like start with one thing. 
And maybe it's a gift, right? For Mother's Day, Father's Day, a birthday, something. Um, and then from there, if that goes well, then you can start to add on, right? I think that through the pandemic, people's introduction to Zoom and all of that technology, right? Where they never would have touched it. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of folks who are, are using that on a regular basis and it's sure. starting with that. And I think that's a great introduction then to start mm -hmm. getting into some other um, other types of tech. For sure. One of the pluses that definitely came out of it, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think we probably anyone listening has learned a lot. It's been great chatting with you. And I know you have some other resources and links and your contact information that we will attach to this uh, program today. So it's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, I look forward to getting more information and having more chats in the future. Thank you so much, Colette. It's always great chatting with you. Thank you.